everybody. Welcome again to the Fitness Nerds Podcast. I'm here with Coach Frank Soul, and this is Coach Stephanie, and we're going to talk about something that might apply to you if you're on the off-season, and about optimizing your performance coming into the on-season. So, um, right now is sort of a downtime. It's that time of year for the plants, for, uh, you know, things are go dormant, and this is a perfect time when you have low volume of training to work on muscle imbalances and flexibility and mobility. Basically, getting your posture right in order to perform better. So, um, Frank and I were talking about this before we got on the call and about things that we both think are super important about posture correction. So, Frank, uh, how do you... What do you recommend to your clients this time of year for the off season? Yeah, you know that, that's a um, that's a great question, Stephanie. Um, you know, you know the old the old days of the off season. You know, you would stop doing pretty much anything and everything. But the off season now is is really the, what I like to call a a switch of season. You know, we're we may not be riding and running and swimming as much as we were in preparation for uh, for our races. Uh, and uh, our uh, endurance events, but this time of the year, I, I love my athletes to start uh, thinking more about uh, strength training, working their mobility, working their flexibility, more importantly, even working their stability, um, uh, and as you said, regaining some sort of balance. Um, the body, I believe, through the course of their uh, busy year of training and racing, will tell them that there's some issues. Um, you know, that, that pesky old hamstring that keeps creating problems, that glute muscle, lower back, um, shoulder muscles, calf muscles, cramping. Those are all really just indicators that something is out of balance and it needs to be put back into balance. And if not, um, you know, not all, all the rolling in the world and all the, you know, tennis balls in the world are not going to take care of those problems. So this is the time of the year that I ask athletes to really, really um, be critical um, so we can train right. Expose yourself to your your weak uh, uh, points and so we can work on those things to come back stronger as we start to uh, uh, get into our preparation phase uh, of building up for, uh, for races uh, based on our calendar. Right. Yeah, it's a perfect time that if you have some of those issues to look into – to balancing the body out with strength, training, and flexibility, because both of us know, and I'm sure you tell your clients too, that you know if you have muscle imbalances, it leads to lack of mobility. So even if you stretch and stretch and stretch until you activate the muscle that's not activating, it, it's not going to activate. It's not going to mm-hmm. fix itself. Mm-hmm. And then um, it correct posture leads to less injuries because if you keep trying to work a muscle that's not working or or you have some overuse injuries because other muscles are not being activated, that muscle has a chance to tear. So you're going to get injured. And also if your body's not working in balance, you're just not going to have the performance that you probably could have or or most definitely could have if um, you have a balanced body. Absolutely, no, no doubt. I mean, uh, like I said, it, you know, when when I talk about mobility with athletes, 
What I'm looking for is what is their normal, what, what, what is considered their normal range of motion. We're not like, talking about hypermobile and, you know, there's a couple articles out there, you know, stretching. If you're too mobile and you're, you're overstretched, you can actually cause problems. And, and I don't disagree with those articles, but the, the, the reality is, Stephanie, how many of us are over mobile and how much overstretched? I think it's a very, very, very small percentage of athletes who do that. Right. Um, so, you know. Yeah, and the pro the problem with mobility is is that deals with balance too. You could have too much mobility in one area and then too much stability, too much tightness in another area, and that can lead to injury. So if you if you're stretching the mobile area and not um strengthening like you should be strengthening the hypermobile area and stretching the the tight area that leads to balance and, and only an assessment or you know if you have you're very self-aware you can figure it out but assessment will help identify those problems and there there's a balance between stability and mobility that you need to have and and the two extremes are are not a good thing so unless yeah. you're in the sport like hypermobile if you're a ballerina or a gymnast is probably required but as a triathlete or an endurance athlete there's a certain amount of balance that that needs to take place so yeah, uh, there's, there's no question. And, uh, I mean, what I have athletes do this time of the year is, uh, minimally, I, I would, you know, and I, I'm certified in FMS, which is nothing more than functional movement screening. And it is a series of movements that I will take an athlete through. And what it will at least give is an assessment of what they're able to do at that point. It is not the end all and be all. Uh, but it, it can give us a real clear direction if an individual um, is having issues through the thoracic region of their back and they can't perform the early vertical catch um, in the freestyle stroke. And they're looking to, you know, go under a 105 or an Ironman swim. And, you know, I have to let them know, unfortunately, all the swimming in the world may not get them where they need to because of poor mobility. And if I have poor mobility, my technique is limited by that poor mobility. So it really has this domino effect. Um, so what we do is we'll, do, we'll conduct an FMS minimally on an athlete. If I'm seeing things that um, indicate that there may be some additional mobility issues there and or flexibility, stability, or just general movement issues, I'm going to tell them to go find themselves a really good physical therapist, chiropractor, massage therapist who knows uh, movement and mobility, and make them an intricate part of their team through the entire year. I've had an incredible amount of success working with a local guy here, um, and uh, Don is my go-to guy. If, if there's an issue with an athlete, we send them over to Don, and the uh, the results have been uh, uh, fantastic with the feedback that I'm getting from my athletes. Better mobility, they feel like they're, they're moving uh, moving better. Uh, pains and nicks and you know nicks and pains and things like that. Uh, things gone gone away. So that that really needs to be an intricate part of 
your team, whether you have a coach or you're a self-coach, you need to include somebody like that, um, uh, apart, make them a part of your squad. Right. I have, uh, with my clients, I am certified as a check exercise coach, and we go through a process. I I have heard of the functional mobility screen, um, and that's a little different than what the Czech Institute, what we learned. Uh, we use a plumb bob, and we sort of go by the um, the posture, and we take angles of the, you know, measure the spinal uh, curvature, and then the hips, if the hips are even, and then design a program that uh, stretches the tight areas and strengthens the weaker areas, and then and then measure again to to show the improvement and uh, make adjustments. And I have seen great results with with my clients as well. And the guy you refer people to, I'll definitely include those in the show notes because I'm sure the folks in Phoenix would would love to know that, but. Yeah, and, and it's amazing how much everything feels better when your posture is correct. I know I tend to, uh, when I run a lot, have a lot of uh, start to have too much lordosis and uh, end up with back pain, and that's very typical of runners because you're you're doing the same movement over and over. So. I can attest to to posture correction is a necessary thing when you're going to start adding volume and to to help with those things like the the mobility injury and and to perform better and I think that it's if your goal is to be the best athlete possible and to feel good then that that's a necessary part of training which I think as athletes a lot of times my clients and myself included, it's more fun just to swim, bike, and run. You know, that part in the gym or um, with the other body work is, can seem like it's a little bothersome, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's necessary to, to, to optimize performance. You know, I, I, I just have a, a very simple philosophy that I use with my athletes. I would say, how would an elite athlete act? You know, are we, are we, and I don't mean that disrespectfully to anyone, but I mean, think and act like an elite. An elite says, I need to include stretching in my, in my routine, um, or a, a mobility movement, uh, workout prior to getting into the water. That to me is just as important as the time you spend in the water. I agree. Um, So, you know, and and I'm gonna I'm just gonna backtrack with you know as as a as an older athlete and as an older coach I've been around for a while I mean I've been at this for 21 years and I've come to the conclusion that yeah I want to be able to move and perform better as an athlete but I want to be able to move and perform better as a human being I do not want to you know have to uh, uh, be minimized and um, and not be able to do the things that I like to do. Go take a walk. I'll park it out in a uh, a parking spot, um, you know, a quarter of a mile away from the restaurant, so you can walk and burn off some calories at the end of the meal. Not looking for the general movement and mobility as we age um, becomes absolutely critical. 
I agree 110%, Frank. I think you're, you're spot on in that point. And as you know, and I don't know if our listeners know, I coach endurance athletes and I, I do a lot of personal training for senior citizens. Sort of an odd combo, but um, sort of my niche. <laughs> and the seniors that I train, the people who, what you do now with your body, how you maintain your body, you're going to see a result of or the continuation of 10 to 20 years from now. And the oldest gentleman that I was a personal trainer for was 99 years old. And he could still get around. He still went karaoke every Thursday. And he had a good quality of life. He's still around. And he's 102 and has a good quality of life. But he didn't he focused on all those things. He continued to train. He worked on his mobility. He didn't overtrain, which can lead to injury. He didn't undertrain. And he always focused on, you know, those things, posture. And um, at 99, he still has a good quality of life. And a lot of folks say, well, I don't want to live that long because I would be broken down. Well, if you take care of yourself, and you treat yourself right, you can live that long and still function very well. Uh, this Ironman, Arizona, I volunteered, and I was at the late night shift doing the, the aid bags, and I went to the finish line, and one of the last finishers was 74 years old. You know that the number's written on their calf. And he still looked great. And that's 140.6 miles at 74 years old. And, yeah, he was tired, but he still finished the race with a smile on his face. And I think that that's something that I would aspire to is to keep going at that age and feeling good and being able to, to live life and have fun. Yeah, those are those are critical uh, things. I, I remember... I recall I was in California last year. I was working under an incredibly gifted uh, gentleman, and I can't recall his name, and I apologize for that. But he was a he taught and coached qigong, and he he brought something up to my he brought something to my attention. In China, where qigong is is practiced daily by seniors in that country, they virtually have no hip. Displacement or people falling, seniors falling with broken hips in in, uh, China. And I asked why. He said, because each and every morning, parks throughout the entire country, these seniors will go and do and practice Qigong. And Qigong is nothing more than it's a movement pattern. It's not yoga, it's not hard movements, but it's movement flows, it's working the joints, it's creating better stability and mobility and minimizing any lateralization issues within the body. So as these individuals age well into their 70s, 80s, and 90s, their stability is just, it's probably better than majority of people uh, half their age in other parts of the country. And I I, I can't uh, back that up with figures, but that's just my guess, and I found that very interesting. There's a great old saying that simply goes like this, and I tell my younger athletes, in regards to mobility and strength. Live your life now like no one else, so later in life you can live your life no, like no one else. Yeah. Meaning you're out doing things. You're 74 years old and doing an Ironman versus, you know, sitting, you know, 
at, on a park bench and uh, complaining about your uh, aches and pains. Right. Um, I'm sure this man had aches and pains or this individual had aches and pains too, but despite he still or she still decided to live life and move forward. So um, it, it is something that I try to convey to my athletes all the time. Um, we Again, I'll do video assessments of movement patterns for my athletes so they can actually see it. We do the functional movement screening. I will make recommendations. If it's outside the realm of my expertise, I will always amass them and give them two, three different uh, options in regards to physical therapists in the Valley who really, really know the um, the mindset of a triathlete, endurance athlete, because, you know, despite maybe a bad shoulder, they're still going to swim. So maybe this physical therapist is capable of working through some of those uh, um, uh, asymmetrical issues or problems or challenges. So that's what we like to do this time of the year really start to refresh. I like to use a, a few different R's. I like to use refresh, rejuvenate, okay, uh, regroup. Uh, um, you know, those are three right there that I use all the time. Relax, rest. Um, there are five R's that I use all the time with my athletes, and that's hard for triathletes. We feel that we need to be doing more, and we want to sign up for those half arm or half marathons and a now, you know, it's the off-season, so, you know, well, heck, I should be doing a full marathon, shouldn't I? I'm going, I don't know, should we? Well, and, yeah, um, you're talking so. about balance. Uh, that's another thing about balance is there should be an off-season. I know Joel Frill talks in his book that, you know, a lot of times athletes want to have every race an A race, but there's you can only have one or two A races a year. The rest of them are all in support of that. And right. yin-yang balance uh, is that you have to have build and then, you know, the tear down part is the exercise. Exercise tears your body down. You break, you know, tear muscle fibers. And the process of sleeping and good nutrition and recovery is when you build back up and be ultimately become stronger. So in the off season, there should be a planned off season in every calendar, every training calendar, uh, the process of, Resting the body, regrouping, planning, uh, and setting the stage for planning for the next year to to go out stronger and better and with a targeted focus. Agreed. Absolutely. Absolutely great. So some of the we were talking earlier about our our go to people where we like to look up resources for for posture and mobility and uh, two of the, the people I like uh, are Paul Check, which I went to his certification. I really think he has a lot of good things to say. He's a little he's a little out there on some things, but I think his information is pretty sound. Uh, the it seems like sometimes when somebody's a genius in other areas, they can be a little a little loopy in others. But um, and then I really like Kelly Sturette. Uh He's pretty well known with the CrossFit community, but he has the book supple leopard and it's really a great resource to identifying problem areas and how to mitigate those so i've used that book with my clients and since i work with a lot of seniors i use some of the stuff in his book and sort of modify the modify the stretches or positions that so they can't get into them and that they can't get into and uh, another resource i like is guy voyer which is a osteopath from France, and he dissected 
something like a thousand bodies and figured out how the fascia moves and, and is laid in the body. And he has a bunch of poses called Eldoas that are good for releasing tight fascia areas. And, and there's a pose for each joint in the body and each vertebrae. And some of the poses are a little difficult to get into, but I've seen a lot of success with myself and the, my clients with uh, the Eldoas. And so who are a couple of your go-to resources for you? Yeah, I, I, one of the, one of the I, I was following so many different people, and I've kind of narrowed it down to two who I feel are 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 their um, their expertise. They've been out there for a while. They're still the in the industry. They're respecting the industry is absolutely solid. So one that I absolutely love, and I read and listen to as many podcasts as I can from Bray Cook, uh, who's a physical therapist who. Uh, Who's really the one who initiated the uh, functional movement screening uh, process? Um, very, very solid. Uh, you know, in his approach to meaning, before we start to uh, build training plans, we need to make sure that the body is able to sustain and to be able to move with that training plan. And I mean, it, it is something I've held on to. And the other guy is a, uh, a guy named Vern, uh, V-E-R-N, Gambetta. And Vern Gambetta is, uh, he's a, he's a old school guy like me. And I, I like it, uh, because he pulls no punches. He, he is not afraid, uh, to be, um, uh, unpolitically correct when the, the points need to be made. And, uh, if, uh, if you're looking for two really great resources, just Google the, both of those names, and well, uh, I don't you, you won't be dissatisfied. We'll put their links in the show notes so people can find them. Just you know, scroll down to yeah, the show perfect. notes. I, every, uh, and I think that something that folks need to realize that one of the hardest things and the most deteriorating things you can do to your body is sit. Sitting is Put you in a pretty bad position to mess up your posture. So um, it's a good idea, no matter whether that's off season or not. If you have a desk job, that every hour or so walk around and I think depending on your muscle imbalances, that there might be a couple stretches to do in between uh, breaks uh, at a desk. Because yep. I've noticed that that's a, a good way to just sitting in a chair will give you a bad back if you do it long enough. So. Yeah. I, I go back to Greg Cook. He says in one of his quotes is move and move often. You know, move and move often. I, I absolutely love that. Uh, our bodies were made to move and uh, and move often. So uh, it's, it's something I do myself personally, but it's something that I lean on my athletes. You know, if they're, they're away from training this time of the year, um, I, one of my athletes got back to me and she went out for a one mile walk this morning. I'm going great. Fantastic. When's the last time you just walked for the sake of walking and not feel that you had to have a Garmin struck your wrist and, and, and documenting every, every heartbeat and every calorie you burned. And she said it was very refreshing. So I agree. Um, yeah. Good point. Good point for this time of the year. Right. This is a, a relaxation time. I know uh, for me, training my clients, they're always, a, I learn enough 
I've learned as much from them as they they that they learn from me, and that um, it's easy to get busy with the season and get distracted with shopping and to uh, the holidays and decorating and and going out to parties and and eating food that you probably is not optimal. But I think planning ahead and including movement is an important part of stress reduction this time of year. So that one-mile walk probably de-stressed her quite a bit. And even though we love our family and the holidays, it is stressful to to plan for company to coming coming in, planning gift buying for, you know, who are you going to buy gifts for and planning that budgeting for the holidays that we need a decompression. And I think going to the gym, working on your muscle imbalances, working on those things, that that can also be a stress reliever to help you navigate through the holidays and prepare for the next season where you feel like you're still making progress, but you're not logging in hours and hours of training. Yeah, agreed. I, I absolutely agree. And, uh, again, we go back, movement, and move off, and it's all good stuff. So, uh, you know, those are, you know, those are just some critical points for this time of the year. Um, I, I said to, uh, to an athlete the other day, I said, it's a remarkable endurance athletes. We seem to be the only living cell breeding animal on this God's green earth that seems to want to defy hibernation. Uh, we still get up at 4.30 in the morning. We're still out there running and biking. And, it, it, and I let my athletes know it is okay, you know, a couple mornings a week if you want to sleep till 6 a.m. and get that the, the necessity of rest and sleep and, and de-stressing the body and um, minimizing the um, the sympathetic nerve system firing like it's right. a, the 4th of July, it is okay for that to happen this time of the year. Uh, it is okay that if you gained a pound or two, um, you know, we come through the holidays, all we want to do is start losing weight, understandably so, but it goes back to what you had indicated if we're eating foods that really aren't ideal for us through the course of this year, and you want to enjoy yourself a little bit, of course, um, it's okay. Take a deep breath. Relax. You'll be back at it again. You'll lose those couple pounds, um, you know, and, and, and life will be good again. So those are the things that I try to stress. It is okay to become a slug for a while. And, and relax, and people will say to me, oh, my God, I can't, I'm so tired in the morning, and I, I, I just don't feel the energy to get up. Well, because the rest of every living organism is is in hibernation, so should you, and, and don't beat yourself up. I'm not indicating you take completely off, but I, am, I do ask my athletes, one or two mornings a week, just sleep half an hour longer than you normally would, you know? I like that you're saying that, Frank. And you know, I think that that extra level of rest and recovery lends for better training because then you're motivated to train more. I took about three days off. I slept in and, and missed swim practice and then ran out of time in the morning to do my other activities because I had clients and, and I was busy. But three days of that, I was 
ready to start training again and, and doing something, not crazy exercise or because I'm not, the next race I have is not until April, but I, that rest really relaxes the system. So whenever you do go back to training, you have more vigor and more excitement when you're going to it and it makes it fresher, more fun. And I think it's better for your nervous system. Oh, no doubt. I, I, I can't disagree with anything you're saying. So all, 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 all well points, uh, made. And, uh, and that's the, like I said, um, when we step back, um, and take that hard look and evaluate, um, I don't think anybody would disagree with you. Right. Well, that's awesome. Do you have any plans for the holidays? Are you staying in town or going anywhere? Well, ironically enough, uh, last Saturday, I uh, participated in a Go Rough Challenge, uh, about five and a half hours of uh, nonstop, um, uh, I like to say, military maneuvers. If you've never seen what the Go Rough Challenge is all about, you've got to go Google that. And uh, uh, very interesting for an endurance athlete to be... Um, you know, buddy carries and, you know, uh, that sounds you know, uh, incredible amount of, uh, of workout. So my strength coach had me ready for that. And, uh, tomorrow morning I fly out to, uh, I'm going to be out to Seal Fit Academy, uh, in the Ultimate Mind Academy, uh, working with a bunch of, uh, X Navy SEALs for three days. That's um, awesome. To get myself physically and more mentally mm -hmm. stronger for going to 2016. Those are the things that I like to do. In my off season, uh, just use and abuse my body because it makes me mentally stronger, not necessarily physically stronger. Right. Did you see the uh, talk, or have you heard the talk? The the guy who did fifty Ironmans in fifty days. Do you know? Yeah, the Iron. Yeah, the Iron, Iron Cowboy, Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah, I went to listen to his talk when he when he was here in Phoenix, and it was just amazing. He was very inspiring. But he talked about how the body and the mind are not in sync when it comes to performance. And that when you start pushing the body, it takes the mind a little time to catch up. And then vice versa. And it, and it could be, depending on your activity, it could be days or even weeks that your your head catches up to what your body's doing. And then when he finished... The 50 Ironman, towards the end, he actually, his performance improved because his body is adapting and his mental performance is adapting and improving. And then when he got to the 50, 50th Ironman, he actually had the best time. And uh, he, when he was done, his mind still was doing that activity level and it took it took his, his body was able to relax and recover, but it took his head about the same amount of time to sort of catch up to the fact that they weren't going to do an Ironman every day. <laughs> so I think that mental performance is super important uh, whenever it comes to training and racing. And I think it's a probably more than 50%, probably I think, for me, I think it's probably 65, 70% of your performance is your ment mental attitude and perspective when it comes to training uh, each day, each step, and um, for big for the big picture and the, each moment of each day, how you approach each moment of each day 
makes the big mental picture that gets you optimally to the finish line. Yeah, yeah, I again agree. Yeah, no doubt. So I um, we're not doing anything for the holidays, and after my three days of rest and recovery, I am excited about going to the gym today, and uh, excited about swimming tomorrow, and and getting and training, and I think that uh, I hope that all of our athletes out there listening are have the same. Same enthusiasm. We're staying home for the holidays, and we're going to meet Jim's family over Christmas. Um, my husband's family, we're going to meet them for dinner in Tucson. And something, um, I have a, a friend of mine, Melanie Sheenan, is a sports psychologist, and he she coached, mentally coached endurance athletes who participated in the Olympics. So... I have her lined up for an interview either next week or the week after. So while you're going to learn how to be a a brilliant SEAL and (laughs) how to optimally coach your athletes, then I will um, will be getting some fun information for her about coaching, um, approaching the mental attitude of training. Well, that sounds fantastic. Good. That's one I'll I'll look forward to listening to myself. When I I don't know if you know, well, probably don't know. I used to go to a military school, New Mexico Military Institute, and I belonged to this group called Recon, which we did a lot of those fun ruck ruck runs and and yeah. stuff like that as a as a young college student. And a couple of the guys who I was in Recon with were became Navy SEALs. A couple of them became Airborne Rangers and. Uh, they're a fun, fun group, and I think uh, they're a very intense, thoughtful group of people. Yeah, so it's, yeah, uh, it's uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I think you, I think you'll fit in just right, Frank. Thank you. You're welcome. Good. So, well, okay, it's a, been, it. <laughs> it's been great talking to you again, and right, uh, we're coming up on time, so folks can find Frank. At Soul Swim Solutions, right? That's correct. SoulSwimSolutions.com. Soul, yeah. Yeah, Soul Swim Solutions. You can find me at StephanieHolbrookFitness.com. And if you have uh, other resources that you would like, please, you know, leave a comment on iTunes. If you would recommend any, you know, anyone to us. Uh, if you have questions uh, that you'd like to hear on the show or. or information please uh, either email us or send a, a message through iTunes or Podbean and we would be happy to cater the show to what our folks want to listen to. Thank you so much Frank. Steph, always good talking.